Good evening, sir. You. This is episode 87 of the Beef and Bitcoin podcast with your host, Brett and CH. Today's topics, got a great show for you guys. Um, first one is, is KYC inevitable? You had sent me a tweet earlier in the week and it had uh, talked about KYC and we'll talk about that. I always think that's a uh, fascinating topic to think about, especially as we move into the 2020 decade. The next topic, China's central bank digital currency is back on the map. They, uh, there was recently a leak of their digital wallet uh, demo and what that looks like. Pretty interesting that they actually put like a physical, it looks like a bill in there in the, in the wallet. I thought that was kind of interesting, but that topic really goes along with uh, the last topic, which is the anatomy of a fiat currency collapse. And that was an article written by uh, Alistair McLeod, who Lawrence Leppard had tipped us off about when we interviewed him a few weeks ago. Uh, and definitely go back and listen to that episode if you haven't already. And um, you know, the article talks a lot about the same stuff that we talk about. Um, he's definitely <laughs> uh, bearish on fiat currencies in general and that whole system kind of uh, coming to an end here shortly, actually very shortly from, from his perspective. But I thought that was a good time to combine that topic with central bank digital currencies because if you're cur- if you're going to end fiat what's your replacement right what is the uh, the new thing the new currency that you move to because that's what happens when currencies collapse a new one needs to be adopted or um, or used and that's uh, crazy to imagine using something else's money that we aren't already using today definitely mind blowing but with that being said how are you this week man it was a long week happy sunday yeah happy sunday um, i'm alive uh, doing well. It is end of April. We are still here. Tesla is still here. Um, stocks are going <laughs> up on Friday. The futures are down right now a little bit, but other than that, I'm doing pretty well. You know, uh, getting some sun to ward off any viruses. You know, uh, some good stuff out there. Uh, big Bitcoin close here in an hour from now. 59 minutes to be exact. Big weekly, two week close. Big things. From a technical analysis price action point. But uh, other than that, this KYC stuff we were talking about earlier, uh, it's pretty crazy. I saw this from Josh Nomics. It is Josh and then Nomics, like economics, but just N-O-M-I-C-S. Um, anyways, it was basically just his thought. Um, here, I'll read his tweet, actually. It says, because if you're not watching, you won't see it, but quoting him, another thought, KYC is coming eventually. We all understand that. But which der- derivatives exchange would you trust with that info? Almost all have been hacked, are incorporated, are incorporated in some country where you have no rights to legal action. Max, Nance, Bybit, Deribit, and FTX. And that's it's a very valid point. Like if you're, um, if you are trading or just have funds on exchange, and I've seen many people mention this, if you are going to have funds on exchange, one never have all your funds on one exchange. That's just bad. That's a very bad habit. That's a very easy way to lose everything. If you're going to have funds on exchange, spread them out across multiple exchanges. It lessens the risk of just losing like minimum two, but really three or four or more, obviously. Um, the more, the better. Just spreading out your funds, at least, and not, and like, obviously, cold storage is the best way. But if you do have funds on exchange, do not have them all in the same one. Um, but going back to the KYC portion, that's also another factor with this, like, even into mid 2017, there was still some. There was no KYC, and then 
come you know fall um, in late 2017, it just became just sweeping KYC pretty much everywhere. And like if you were in America, you just started to slowly get screwed. Yeah, no, it's it's um, there's a couple of points that I wanted to make with this tweet because I do find it uh, to be an interesting topic. Um, KYC itself, the action of performing KYC is such a point of friction, even just outside of your basic um, privacy standpoint, you know, filling out all your personal info, all that stuff. And then from the like the Bitcoin crypto standpoint, all of a sudden you need to upload all these images of your identity, whether it be passports, driver's license. I mean, just a crazy amount of stuff to upload just in order to have access to the platform to do whatever you want to do. In this case, we're talking about exchanges. And I remember in 2017 being able to sign up for exchanges and all you, all you needed was like your email address, email address, <laughs> yeah, password, <laughs> email address, password, password. And you know, you can put it to it. Exactly. Right, yeah. <laughs> but that, that experience of not having to do KYC was very powerful. And like, I think I take it for granted now because all that is, is gone unless you're still using um, BitMEX or one of the other um, exchanges that doesn't require KYC. It was just such a great onboarding experience. And I think the special thing to think about is, um, you know, just the Bitcoin as a technology, a monetary technology really enables the no KYC um, just marketplace and transactions. Because when you're, you send your Bitcoin to the exchange, um, you know, the, the person on the other side of that, they, they have it like they can, they have taken custody of it. They don't really need to know your personal information because they have custody of, of the funds. And from, and I think the only time when KYC, even people who are anti KYC want KYC or something like that is because of, um, you know, disputes with exchanges, exchanges do get hacked, like you want to be able to take legal action um, against them if they were to lose all your funds. The problem is, if you're trading on an exchange, you shouldn't be trading on, you're not going to take <laughs> legal action against them because you were, you were doing something illegal. So it's like, there's this yeah. real, really weird conundrum. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm sure some people will trade will, will, um, you know, trust certain exchanges. And I think that's fine. They've built up a good reputation. BitMEX has a huge insurance fund that they've built up. So, you know, that would be one that I would be um, way more comfortable with using. But when I started thinking about that, the being able to take legal action against somebody else, um, especially in a non-KYC world, do you ever think there's going to be like a new KYC? And what I mean by that is, possibly some sort of you know reputation based identity or maybe your identity through a node or something like that because i was listening to uh, a podcast episode with the ceo of paxful and they do more like uh, gift card transactions with bitcoin as like the the settlement layer and it's really interesting to him talk about that because the majority of his business is done in africa and other countries where basically the majority of the population's unbanked. And he was trying to make a point like these people don't have any government issues IDs, so they can't hop online and take part in the global economy. Like you, they, they just can't engage with you at all specifically because they don't have KYC. And I think he was trying to make the point that some sort of KYC could be beneficial, not necessarily from a standpoint of all your personal information, but 
something that uh, it, like a like a substitute KYC. Maybe that's a little bit more private, but at least gives you access to um, engage in a global economy. I don't know. What do you think about that? I was going to say civic Vinny Lignum. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I've been waiting to say that for like thirty seconds. I just had to wait for you. Um, that's a good question. It's it's like, is there going to be some kind of like answer to this, like some blockchain identity or something? You know, I don't know. Um, I mean, as you and I both know, it's like it is a pain in the butt, like uploading passports, uploading IDs, documents, etc. It is a pain in the butt. It is like you know, proof of address, proof of funds, proof, etc. It's a, it's just, it's just a pain in the butt to be honest. But yeah, it is. What it, it sucks. Is. Um, yeah, I mean. Like, and as people are saying, like, here, it's like, in some circumstances, KYC is good for you on your end from the legal representation, especially if, like, if you're a U.S. citizen, I mean, having a U.S. exchange, if you're a Canadian citizen, Canadian exchange, etc. if you're English, English exchange. But, you know, like, if you're trading, you know, just an anonymous account on an exchange and they get hacked or they exit, you know, I, I don't know. You know, it's like you're kind of screwed. Like Cryptopia went down. I know that was a big deal for crypto Twitter because there's a lot of people that just sling like fucking single sat alts on there praying that they'll 1,000x or something, like 10,000x one day. Right. No, it's um, it's interesting because on, on one hand, I'm so anti-KYC. I don't think it's necessary for... Uh, 99.9% of the things that you would need it for, you know, the simple email address and account number is pretty much it. But there's that, that circumstance where um, you want to take legal action. And that's where I, I don't know if it starts to fit in. But uh, I, I think it's just something to really think about. The other thing that this had got me thinking about was, you know, th- the lack of KYC, the no KYC type of exchanges where anybody can kind of hop on and participate in a global type of economy. Um, I don't wonder what that means for the future in regards to like, I don't know, the tokenization of assets or equities, you know, what's the difference between what if I'm on E-Trade, you know, buying stocks or something like that, you know, if it were, let's say tokenized in the background and running on top of something else, I don't think I would know the difference, right? The, the user interface would be the same. Um, perhaps you'd get some of the benefits of um, not being able to uh, have rehypothecation like on, you know, stocks that are just um, overly issued and no one's really keeping track of how many shares are actually in circulation. And maybe you don't run into that, those kinds of issues, um, you know, Blockstream's liquid sidechain, they have this kind of functionality where you're, you know, issuing assets on top of uh, the Bitcoin network. And, you know, it sounds all good and and stuff like that. I just, I don't wonder if that's so far away that it it doesn't necessarily make sense yet. Or do you think we're going to see not the rise of ICOs again, but maybe something similar where people start issuing equity, you know, tokenized equity and maybe it pays some sort of dividend or something like that. But I think being able to have access to that for, on a global standpoint is uh, is just kind of interesting. And that goes back to the no KYC, right? Why, if, if you are in Africa and you have, uh, you know, a hundred, a hundred thousand Satoshis that you want to invest in something else and you want to be, and that they're based in America or whatever, and you wanted to 
buy equity in that, but it's tokenized. Now you can do that. And the KYC thing doesn't matter anymore. I think that's where it gets interesting. Are these African uh, males, are they uh, funding OnlyFans in the US? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dude, sorry. Um, that's, a good, that's a good point. Um, I, I tokenized investing seems inevitable because it's just so um, simple. Right, uh, and I think, and then you gotta wonder if, if that does become a thing, like like me being able to give you like ten shares of Apple, like just hypothetically, you know, um, if that right, being able to really transfer those from person to person or from what, entity where to does entity, that put brokerages or anything like that, that would change. Right, it. I mean, you still have exchanges per se, but you know, brokers per se, um, right, that would be a huge crush to middlemen. But exchanges still exist, obviously, in some sense. I mean, even if you have decentralized you still want exchanges for liquidity right no it's a good point I, I i hadn't thought of that um i mean i'm sure i have previously but i hadn't thought about it in, in terms of this it's just and a lot of this it really just goes back to the no kyc part because i think that just causes so much friction and you could really see the removal of this single regulation, right? The thought of KYC, the the need to do it, the all of these regulations where you know uh, U.S. citizens or citizens from other countries can't participate in other things. I just find that imagine if that were to be removed, there would just be such an explosion of productivity um, because things could get funded so quickly. And uh, I think that's I think it's really powerful and uh, a little underestimated right now because the the whole ICO bubble kind of put a big damper on that. And I'm glad that's kind of came and went. I think that was the first, um, that was like the dot-com bubble, right? You, you saw all these ridiculous kind of businesses launching their tokens, um, but the token was kind of useless because no one was going to use it as a utility token. I'm talking about an actual business that wants to issue shares, right? And those are going to be tokenized. But the, I don't know, take away KYC, I just think you have so much productivity. It would be awesome to awesome to see. Yeah. No, uh, if you see my screen, uh, Crypto Humor, what, what do you see in the gold chart? What kind of um, tomfoolery do you see there? I, I like screwed with the auto. I've, you know, made the numbers so it can run up, see up to $6,000. You know, oh, I see. Six month candles, so that's why it looks. It's not log chart. It just squished it. Right. It's just like, you know, you can see like these are six month candles. If that breaks out, it's gonna get pretty ludicrous. I feel like. Um, and considering what we've seen lately, I don't mean to just talk about this randomly because I know we're talking about um, KYC. I guess we're talking about digital currency too. So I guess gold tokens could be considered because we have the uh, right. tether gold. I don't know. What's the ticker for Tether Gold? Do you remember what it was? It's uh, XAUUSDT. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So actually, yeah, that makes sense. But no, I mean, that's going to be, it. It's re it'll be really interesting because, okay, think about when oil went negative um, and everyone became oil traders. Think about how quickly everyone's going to be um, like precious metal trader traders when gold, like palladium, silver, all these metals just go retarded. Because yeah, because there's just, there's I think what we're about to realize is if things do reopen, there's a lot of money just sloshing around, and money has to go somewhere, and it's just gonna run to things. <laughs> no, I think that's um, I think that's a that's a good point that that retail mindset that FOMO really comes in and you know looks like 
And I think this kind of wraps into the to the talking point that we're going to get to about the anatomy of uh, a fiat currency collapse. Is the question is is that being priced in at the moment, and are you seeing that that priced inness reflected in in gold? Right. So gold's been going up. It's almost like is are other people starting to come to this realization? Maybe the whole fiat thing is. is um, coming to an end here, or at least this is the beginning of the end, and who knows how long that takes to play out. But um, things can get really wacky really fast. And uh, I, that realization that everybody comes to happens uh, super quickly. Yeah, it's like overnight type of thing. It's, it's like the coronavirus thing. Like I, That's how fiat, when fiat currency ends, it's going to be like that. It's not going to be like, Everyone's going to be thinking about it for a year. It's going to be, there's going to be people who had it right for a while. They're just sitting and waiting. There'll be people that just make it before and get enough hard assets. And then there's going to be people that it's just going to be a shit show. But, you know, the time this again, like, um, I think I commented on like Dave Collins tweet. I was like, I was like these, you know, these events, like, like this market right now, the equity market, the top, this top, if this is a top theoretically, it could take another six months. People don't understand that. This is like nature. Like think about 2000. <laughs> like that thing was a monster, dude. When you think about the 2000 equity, like think about it. From the 80s, they just rose. Like the Nasdaq. Like, like I mean, there was the little 87 crash. But when you look at the 87 crash, like on the Nasdaq and the Dow Jones, and then you look at just like scale it up to 2000. I can put it on the screen. Um, let's see if I can get it. Yeah. Like, dude, this is a six-month chart. Does that like nothing? Doesn't even doesn't even scale in, dude. Look at that. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Like, like the the topping process takes a while. Right. They're, they're, and, it's a monster. <laughs> yeah, and and that's actually a good point talking about how long that it really takes for these things to play out. And I guess I I feel like we were. Love talking about this in December 2018 when it felt like the whole world was ending and you know all this stuff and now here we are, over a year and a half later and it's um, you know things are still kicking and finally it seems like we're seeing some action again. But when you talk about these things happening overnight, it makes me look towards um, things like the uh, the next topic, which would be China's central bank. Uh, digital currency. And we've talked about this on a bunch of episodes uh, because news keeps coming out about it. And uh, now it looks like they're set to to really start testing this stuff. And, um, you know, one of the problems is that when central banks start issuing a digital currency and there's, um, you move away from a cash-based society into a fully cashless society, you're getting all of the tracking features that come along with a cashless society. And that's super scary, especially when, um, you know, citizens can just be censored for thinking the wrong way, for maybe voting a certain way, for eating a certain way, for joking about certain things. All of a sudden you can lose access to all your funds and that becomes super scary. Uh, and in this latest update with China's central bank digital currency, it looks like Starbucks, McDonald's, uh, and Subway, which are all chains that all chains that also operate inside of China, were named by the People's Bank of China's list of firms that will start testing the uh, national digital currency in the future. Um, and the other interesting point that I wanted to mention to you was 
it's almost a direct competitor to Alipay, right? So Alipay is um, it's owned by Alibaba, but it's used more than Visa and MasterCard in China, right? So everyone who uses Alipay is already on board with QR codes. They know what they're doing. Not really that big of a deal um, to make that switch, right? They can they can go head on, but that seems like they would really compete against each other. So do you think uh, you know the state would want to try to just eliminate Alipay, or do you think? they would rather issue the currency in this in a new digital format and then let Alipay, WeChat, and everyone else kind of uh, duke it out and compete on the consumer level to actually distribute the money. Or just incorporate Alipay. I mean, think about, like, we basically are nationalizing U.S. industries right now. And the same thing is happening across the globe. Every country is nationalizing industries. Uh, and, like, you think about, like, spying done by countries – like Huawei is like just China infiltrating everyone. Like Britain, I'm pretty sure voted Huawei out now. Like it's a big deal. Like this whole 5G thing, and then like the U.S. too. Like all these com- you know, corporations. Because I want to say companies, they're all large corporations, are just like spying on each other now. That's like that's the reality. I think everyone's slowly starting to realize um, is everyone spying on each other. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean. Surveillance uh, capitalism and sucks. so like yeah and that and that's that's the same thing as like what I'm saying like it's like they'll just incorporate it if anything Alipay will get incorporated with the state you know right. it's just the same as like maybe like Bezos bucks becomes part of the state like who knows yeah yeah I mean it, it I find it so fascinating because and I know we talk about it a lot but I like bringing it back up as more and more news comes out about it because I feel like you and I are on the same page where. A lot of the people that we follow, a lot of our own individual thoughts are the show doesn't go on forever. And as the currency, as other fiat currencies are losing purchasing power relative to the dollar, what happens when those currencies um, get to the point where they start failing on a more frequent basis? And what do you move to after the fact? And I look at the China Central Bank digital currency and I say, okay, they're probably like, well, worst case scenario, if our fucking currency fails, we're going to need a new uh, – you need a new system to go to. You need a new peg to go to. And you better get that technology up and running or be able to move it in as quickly as possible because then you've got a real shit show on your hands if the currency collapses and there's – unrest and people are starving and stuff like that i mean it can get really um really terrible so like so much is going on you have the dollar being really strong because it's super in demand you have other currencies that are just showing how weak they are relative to the dollar then you have things like gold where currencies even the strongest of fiat currencies have just been crushed by gold over the long run and then you have bitcoin over here in the corner this tiny little thing relatively speaking to everything else and um you know it's the uh, it's appreciated more than any other asset in human history so it's like there's so much going on and i just feel like you need to be able to switch to something else and i think that's why uh we like talking about this topic in particular oh yeah i was gonna say one of us one of us was both of wall street i was pulling that off <laughs> the fucking clip <laughs> <laughs> I just have to put the bit for anyone who's just on the on the ride. Okay, sorry, I just had to play it one time. Um, <laughs> I hope people heard that. Uh, I hope you've seen that movie. But anyways, yeah, 
Uh, this is just one of those scenarios where I think we are facing, as we've seen recently with coronavirus, just a larger and larger draconian state, and it's everywhere. We're seeing it everywhere. So it's going to be interesting to see where this all goes. And then in terms of the fiat currency collapse part of this, um, I think a lot of people think, you know, they're all falling, but it's it's going to be a different time. When you look at, like, the end of World War One, like, Austria's currency collapsed first before the Germans' currency collapsed. So, like, Germans are still enjoying, like, going over into Austria in 1921 and 22, even though Germans were, in, were almost in free fall at that point. I mean, they were inflating, but not the same rate as Austria. So you go to Austria, and, like, one, you know, liter, like, of um, German, you know, beer or whatever was basically six liters of Austrian beer or whatever. So it was, like, ridiculous. Like, you get a lot on the cheap. And so... I think that's what we're going to see here. And it would be really interesting to see this play out throughout the whole decade. It might take that long. Like, right. and, it, and like, who knows? The U.S. dollar might be the last one standing as everyone's, everyone's currency keeps – because the U.S. dollar is one of the few currencies and fiat currencies that the gold has not broken out against yet. Um, it's broken out against like the pound. It's broken out against the New Zealand pound. It's broken out against the Australian dollar – or New Zealand dollar, excuse me. Um, it's broken out against the uh, franc, you name it, JP, uh, against the yen. But like – so it'd be interesting if it takes a whole decade for all fiat currency to collapse before everyone moves, or does everyone kind of decide at some point we're going to a different system, like a Brenton Woods scenario. Um, right. But it, it's going to be interesting to watch this happen. And if it if it is like a decade of all fiat currencies collapsing, like we've seen with Venezuela recently and Argentina, Argentina like are people in the U.S. like us going to be able to take advantage of like, oh, Look at England. They're, the pounds become worthless. We can go there and go there for cheap and, you know, go out and party and do, you know, eat and go to the, you know, best restaurants for nothing, you know. Is, is that can be a scenario. That's just a hypothet- very hypothetical scenario. It could be other countries, but I was just using that. But No, it's um, those are really good points. And I, I noticed you kind of took that, um, you know, that great story about Austria kind of hyperinflating first and then the Germans going over and buying stuff on the cheap from uh, Alistair McLeod article that i read also it was really really good definitely recommend um listening to it but you know i went to argentina in october 2018 and i was surprised at how far my dollar could go buying wine meat going out to dinner i mean it was it was amazing how cheap it felt to to me just because my purchasing power could go so much further um in argentina so i i I can imagine that playing out again where people want to take vacations to other countries because, um, you know, it's pretty advantageous to to uh, to go over there. But, you know, to keep talking about this article here and the title of this article is Anatomy of a Fiat Currency Collapse. And uh, I, there were just a couple of quotes out of this. Definitely go read the entire thing. But since we talk about a lot of it week in, week out, I didn't want to, you know, rehash everything. But a couple of these quotes were. Um, you know, he, he's essentially calling for the collapse of fiat money and that govs will have to reset to and issue a new currency. Okay. So, uh, you know, that's fascinating in itself. And as you just said, that could take a decade and you might see it play out, um, globally and almost like from country to country, right? Like dominoes falling one by one. Um, but he made a few interesting points here about what's happening right now. And in 2008, he said, the Fed already the Fed already supports housing prices by buying mortgage debt. It hopes that the 
that by preserving the wealth effect, investors will not only continue to feel well off, but but be encouraged to keep investing. The policy is to swamp financial markets with new money. The other side of the Fed buying financial assets of any description is the payment for them, expanding the quantity of money in circulation. Uh, you and I like talking about uh, the real estate market in particular because it's such a it's thought of as a big store of value asset, and there's just been so much new money pumped into um, that asset class that it is truly unbelievable. Um, and then he says the Fed's monetary policy replicates John Law's attempts at keeping uh, to keep the bubble going in 1720 France. Law failed to maintain the price of just one asset, the Company of the Indies, his Mississippi venture. Um, and they printed the currency to buy more shares. And within seven months, the currency had collapsed and the price and priced in worthless currency. And then the shares fell from uh, 12,000 down to one or 2,000. And he says, the project will fail. This project will fail, fail for the same reason. No one can fool all of the people all the time. And I think you just mentioned that a couple minutes ago. And it is increasingly obvious that both the currency and financial assets values will collapse John Law style, probably by the end of this calendar year, if precedents are any guide. There will be a new currency, whether it is it is an attempt uh, by government reset, which will only delay the ending of fiat currency for a few more months, or one that evolves from gold or silver and their credible substitutes. Uh, and then he, you know, he talks about Bitcoin. Maybe that's an option as well. But it, it's uh, I don't know. What did you think about all that when you read that article? Um, it's you know it's pretty crazy the, the John Law thing um, you know I remember that reading that from the Bitcoin Standard that's pretty crazy again these are fiat currency bubbles but these fiat currency bubbles people forget weren't on a global scale they were on a regional if not you know country or state or local scale when they happened in the past so it was that portion of a social area getting unrest not the whole globe and that's what we're kind of seeing in our, right now and you and I talk about it a lot where the past year whether you talk about like Hong Kong. France, Venezuela, you name it, there's a bunch of places, lots of protests, and it's not really getting coverage. Um, there's always that, that, that quote that the revolution won't be televised, and that's pretty apparent by now. Um, like, as you sent me that video from San Diego earlier, like, where people are just out willy-nilly basically telling everyone, t telling the government basically to fuck off, it seems like. <laughs> Yeah, no, no. It was uh, my buddy who's who lives there. It was literally just happening today right down the street from him. And I thought it was amazing to see. Um, people are already kind of pissed. It's been like a month or so so far. And I think everybody's kind of had it at this point. But um, there's not that's blood. What, there's no blood. Yeah, yeah. It's um, <laughs> like, I, that's like I, I hate to say it because I like I know people have died from this. And it's like it's it's sad. But the reality is, is that like the the economic fallout from this is going to be far greater and have far far more consequences especially if there's food shortages than uh coronavirus will i hate to put it that way yeah it's, that's it's really that simple and that that's that's more than enough to cause issues right and um that everybody had well not everybody a lot of people have not been making that comment or connection in as a as a reason to continue the shutdown keep it just have complete disregard for everyone who's trying to take care of themselves and uh it's um it's a shame because you have a large group of people who really want to you know go back to work and start taking care of themselves and their family and they're they're kind of done with the whole uh shelter in place. yeah it's um <laughs> it's, it's really it's really uh <laughs> tough
but it's um, I don't know. It, it it makes me sound. It makes me feel like uh, right after reading this that I'm starting to think we might see um, currency start to compete again to be money or monies. Um, and I don't, are you gonna play this clip? No, I wasn't. I was just I had I pulled it open. I didn't have mean to have it start playing. Go ahead, keep talking. <laughs> I was gonna say. Uh, you know, as currencies are getting weaker, as you you feel like um, the the reset is coming at, at some point in time, um, you know, what's to say monies don't compete again? And it would be just so beneficial for everybody. Who's to say tether tether gold isn't um, isn't used to to issue currency or isn't used as a money? Who's to say um, central bank digital currencies won't try to compete? Who's to say um, Bitcoin isn't going to compete in that circle? Uh, and and I just wonder if the collective thought around the current monetary system, if everyone's bearish on that and everyone's like, holy shit, the money's worthless, uh, it would be amazing to see currencies start to compete again. And it, it makes me, even though I thought at first Heather Gold was kind of silly, you know, maybe it's not silly if you're going to have money start to compete and the best money will just ultimately be adopted or or different monies. I, I don't know. It, it is interesting free market. to think about. Yeah, why not, right? Like free banking almost. You're you're free to create whatever currency you want. And if the people will just adopt you, it. You, you, as you talk about Lindy effect, you know, longer it's around, more, you know, it has to be used, obviously. But, you know, have, you know, over time will get used. If it's not, obviously it dies off. But it's going to be interesting here to see where we end up. Um, you know, I think U.S., we are a little cushioned because everyone needs dollars right now. That's like what everything's denominated in. So U.S. citizens, we're on the cushy side of this. Um, and it'll be interesting to see. I don't even know what the DX is. That's who DX is at right now. That's the dollar index. I mean, it's not doing not too bad right now, taking off again. I mean, could be interesting if this just rips faces off here. Because um, that means it'll just crush every other currency, which will be sad if you're on the other end of the exchange. If you're not hedged properly. People don't even think about that. Like, if you do international business, you, you can get really screwed if you're not hedged. When, you have, when you're talking about hundreds of millions of dollars or billions of dollars, you know, to buy certain parts or stuff in different countries like China, and, like, when currencies you know, change five, ten percent over a year. That's a lot of money that disappears. A lot of purchasing power gone. Yeah, I mean, being a U.S. citizen and living in the U.S. and the majority of our listeners are in the U.S., you don't know about that at all. Uh, you know, your money's always worked and everything's priced in your money anyway. So, um, you know, things pretty much work out to your advantage. But the rest of the world really has to deal with um, – currency fluctuations and it can significantly impact their business. And it, when you think about that and like how gigantic the like Forex markets are, just trillions of dollars sloshing around on a daily basis being traded to deal with, to deal with the fact that we're still on a fucking barter system because certain countries use certain thing, use certain things as money and other countries use other things as money. And not everybody wants to settle in the same currency Imagine how awesome it would be if there were one thing where you could use to settle value. And I think, um, you know, we're getting closer to that time where that isn't just kind of like a pipe dream. Like, uh, yeah, it, it would be great. But in what utopia do we have, you know, use one thing as money or 
Um, does that make sense? And no one's going to barter again. And it's just like, it's so inefficient to, to really barter that way. I mean, we're talking about trillion settled daily. Um, you know, all these Forex nonsense. Uh, it, it's buy like, my it's Forex just, course. Yeah. Buy my Forex <laughs> course. Like it, it's just e-com, so, it, e-com all of that, too. All and, of that and, and don't forget yeah. about that crypto course and mining. I mine too. Right. That's like every every Instagram bot is like it. It's the their crypto forex traders, Bitcoin mining. I I've ne- it's just it's mind boggling. Instagram's just like the shittiest thing in the world. It's full of so much shit. Um, but Twitter's pretty bad too. There's a lot of fake Twitter Twitter guru people too. But Instagram's the worst. It's full of it all. Yeah. No, it's, it really is. It's just it, um, it's just disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> But um, yeah, I don't know. I, f- I feel like that's pretty much everything we wanted to cover uh, cover today. Uh, looks like Bitcoin's at seventy six hundred ish, seventy seven ish right now for Sunday night. I, what did you say? It was a new weekly candle. Pretty much just started forty five minutes ago. No, four, it's not 30. started. There's twenty four minutes oh, left, dude. Anything? Twenty four minutes. Anything can happen. <laughs> Anything can happen in 25 minutes. I'm, <laughs> Dude, really, <laughs> I'm so fucking pumped. Here we go. One week. minute, man. Get ready. We should go to Bitmax, actually. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, I'm just pumped for next week. You know, here we go. I, uh, I'm ready for next week. I feel like this past week was an absolute shit show globally. Uh, we talked about oil or earlier in the week. Um, Bitcoin wants to move. It looks like. Uh, you know, I just, I just Sorry, can't I tell anyone. In. Dude, look at look at that, look at that earlier. When you're zoomed in, this is what happens. This is why you don't zoom in. <laughs> look at that. <laughs> yeah, that's insane. That spike. I don't even know what that is. Like, I just, I have to say this first. Look at that. Like, this spike is just ridiculous. So from going up 11, percent but the spike range is probably some ridiculous. Before we end this, yeah, it's like a five percent, four percent range. That's ridiculous. And that, my friends, is called liquidation city. Yep, that's exactly <laughs> right. <laughs> Lots of people getting liquidated, yeah. This is why you don't try to trade low time frame. Boom, go to the monthly. I can't even see anything anymore. Oh, look, there's no movement. It's boring. Stay there. That's my only message of today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a good way to wrap it up. Um, this was episode 87 of the Beef and Bitcoin podcast. Uh, thanks for listening. Make sure to like and subscribe on YouTube. We appreciate all the all the new YouTube viewers out there. So uh, thanks for tuning in and subscribing. Definitely helpful. Um, make sure to follow us on Spotify. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. That definitely helps us uh, get more viewers. And uh, definitely share this with anybody that you think would be interested or is new to uh, getting into Bitcoin. Hopefully, uh, they can uh, get something out of it but yeah stay safe out there next week's gonna be fucking awesome uh yeah peace fun week peace